Man, it's been a week. Oh, uh, man. Such uh, a long time since miss, we've been with Steven. I miss him, man. I miss his voice. I miss his wisdom. And so we decided uh, Steven um, flew all the way back in Yeah. Uh, to sit here in the studio and talk to us. Thank, thank you guys for buying my flight. This meant a lot to me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, our friend James Mays is actually here. He's sitting he's sitting in the corner. He doesn't have a microphone. Um, and so, but I feel like I'd have to acknowledge that James is in the room. Uh, and maybe regular contributor regular James Mays. Contributor James Mays. And and we'll just ask James to pay for your flight. Um, <laughs> Thanks, so James. We're all good to go. Always fly Zoom. <laughs> Always fly Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's good stuff. Okay. So, uh, hey, real quick, 30 second summary of last uh, week. We just opened up the conversation the role of the supernatural in movements. And Stephen gave a lot of his story and just seeing that the kind of gap that a lot of us as American Christians, American Christians who are even seeking to make disciples and plant the gospel, see new discovery groups, see new micro churches. Uh, it's it, it use the analogy of like we're, we're fighting a, a war without the right tools, without the white, right weapons. So um, last week, just kind of a generic conversation about that. Amazing stories. Really cool stuff. We got in the last week incredible feedback from Stephen's podcast. <laughs> just, that's a joke. I mean, I'm sure we will. I'm speaking that into existence apparently, but no, in the last uh, few minutes, really, really, really cool stuff. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's, go back and, and listen to Stephen. Uh, today, the idea- uh, I ahead. just want to say you did a great job doing that 30-second wrap-up in uh, 53 seconds. Yeah, I watched you. it. It was- hey. I'm actually, I'll take that, dude. It was under a minute. Yeah. That's success <laughs> right there. Okay. So today we want to get a little more practical. Not that last week was impractical, but what does that mean for the everyday person? What are some things that we can step into to really hear the voice of God, to know how to like, uh, the language we're going to use today sometimes is, is what does it mean to contend in prayer? And so there is a phrase that we are borrowing from I don't know if it's Lee Price or Bill Randall or both. I forget who. I hear them both say it. But the phrase is, the mission of God is at the intersection of listening prayer and contending prayer. The mission of God is found at the intersection of listening prayer and contending prayer. I love that phrase. Um, and so I told them I'm going to steal it and copyright it and probably put it on some T-shirts and, and, and charge and, them for and it. Charge. And James actually makes T-shirts, so it's perfect. Uh, just the right man here. And uh, so I, I don't know if there's a topic for the day. The mission of God is found at the intersection of listening prayer and contending prayer. So I want to look at a couple tools. And uh, and Stephen, so I, I this is kind of a you know tr- training meets uh, conversation of those two realities talk to us about some listening prayer and where that falls in the reality of movement and talk to us about contending prayer what does that look like and yeah so that was me talking a lot and now i'm ready to hear you yeah i love i love that phrase and i don't know who said it either um but well, I said yeah it. the I mission said it actually. <laughs> copyright yeah. Yeah. you should just just take it and put it on a t-shirt right well i already did <laughs> James is mass producing them right now as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what that means for me is that in, in the mission of God, we have to know what season we're in and we have to know what God is saying right now. And so uh, in listening prayer, you are pulling back to get your assignment from the Lord. You're, you're spending time with him. You don't know what the strategy is. Um, you don't know what 
step B is. You might know where your starting point is, but you you are in need. You're dependent, and you're waiting for Him. This is this is listening. We're putting ourselves in a posture of dependency. Uh, where where does that next phase come to? Contending. It's it's when you have your assignment or you don't, and you're out. You're asking the Lord as you're extending your hand and you're asking the the lost around you, may I pray for you? You're saying, Hey, you have a hurt, a hurt knee. Can I pray for healing for you? You're out with a group of people and you're prayer walking, you're contending, Lord, this is our city. This is the place that you called us. Would you make this city like the kingdom of God? What what's missing here? So I think within that listening and contending, you're always going in and out. It's kind of the way I explain it. Um, there's going to be some seasons in mission where the Lord is calling us out. We've done enough of the end, right? You can spend the rest of your life staying in and just being with the Lord and abiding. But here's what happens when you abide. He gives you assignments. Mm-hmm. And and there's another side in movements where you can be out. You're in the mission. You're in the field. You're prayer walking. And you're not seeing breakthrough. And God might be calling you to go back. To get a new assignment, to get fresh anointing, so you can go back out to contend. Yeah, we did a interview with Lee a couple of days ago, our buddy Rob and me, and I think what I like one thing that I loved the way he explained those two things. So I'm going to give Lee some credit here on mm-hmm. that phrase. Was just like whoa, listening, whoa, whoa. <laughs> listening prayer is palms up, like receiving, and then contending prayer is like palms out. You know, and so just even that like kind of physical reminder of those two things of like palms up i'm listening i'm waiting for that assignment mm-hmm. palms moved out is i'm moving into that assignment because i've heard and it's not like you know just that whole like moving away from i'm going to do this god bless it you know like that's trying to like hold both postures mm-hmm. at the same time you know but like that's just not a natural i don't yeah. think that's a natural sort of uh progression for most of us yeah yeah and you know I- I feel like I could say some of this stuff. I probably I could say this stuff for years. I mean, we have said uh, in the underground for years and before the underground exists that we're, our main questions are, God, what are you doing and how can I join you? But like, don't, I don't we're not putting the listening in between those questions. Yeah, and I don't, and we don't really know what that means always, and we yeah. we believe it. And I, I will say this: I, Rob said this recently uh, in the story of the underground. I think God has blessed us. We we think through systems and structures. We see all this incredible way to maybe help house the move of God. But we were babies in this entire conversation that we're talking about. God has matured us a lot over the last three years, and maybe we're you know. Uh, adolescents and learning Tod- toddlers yeah or maybe <laughs> maybe only toddlers um and that's been so cool to partner with guys like you steven and and people just around the world to teach us this but like where did how do we do like what does that actually look like so let's start with listening prayer yeah. walk us through maybe and maybe in detail or uh, a couple just practices or encouragements for the everyday person to begin to know how even to get assignments from the lord yeah, I love it. You know, one of the things in in listening prayer, like obviously we have our personal devotional life where we do listening prayer with the Lord, but I I like to put this in a team format. So cool. so what do you do as a team to listen to God and practice listening prayer? I think in your normal rhythms, come together and rather than coming in with a strategy or a guideline of what that meeting is going to look like, Come in completely dependent, not knowing what God's going to do. 
So we have an hour and a half of time. We don't know what this meeting's going to look like. God, show us what this meeting's going to look like. And then literally, I know this sounds crazy, but spend time listening to God. So spend time saying, Lord, how do you want this hour and a half, these 90 minutes? What do you want it to look like? And you go around the room and you write these things down that you're hearing from God. And then you discern what's the spirit saying to us as a team for these 90 minutes. You share it with each other and you actually do it. Right. It's not like an encouragement of like, oh, this is kind of cool, but you, you actually put it to practice. And so I, I think that's one really practical way. I think too, in listening prayer is you're, you're quick to have a listening ear and you're quick to have an active posture. Mm. So whatever I hear, I'm going to put it into practice. I'm going to be obedient to it. Um, so I, I think that's really as simple as it is, is yeah. be with a group of people that are already obedient to Jesus, be dependent and ask him, Lord, we have these 90 minutes. How do you want to use these 90 minutes Mm -hmm. and who knows what God is going to say to you. Trust the impressions that he gives you. Trust the pictures, trust the scriptures that he might speak to you. Um, Trust the the smallest voice on your team that rarely ever speaks. Trust those voices and listen to God through one another. Mm. Yeah, that was one of the things that Lee brought up the other day as well, just to highlight again is like that trusting all of those things. Maybe you can bring this up too, because I don't remember specifically. There were like kind of four things that he talked about of as we listen. And the last one was just that piece of discernment and confirmation from our uh, from our team, just so like that continual practice to like, hey, I think I'm hearing this as anybody else, mm-hmm. you know, and like yeah. trusting that like affirmation. And again, I think we brought this up last week was like, as you do that, the more you practice those things and go, I think I'm hearing this. And someone goes, I I confirm, affirm, whatever language you're using there, or yes, that's true. It's like, that's a moment to store that in the mental, you know, memory bank, right? Like, oh, I did hear. That's what it sounds like. Uh, So now I'm practiced in it. And the more that we do that, the more that we're discerning, like, this is what my father's voice sounds like and the way that he shaped me and how I hear him. Yeah. Well, let me say something to that too, because I think Lee gave you a nugget that we need to all keep is how did you receive that from the Lord when you heard it? Um, For, for each of us, it's going to be different for some of us going to be impressions that we have for some of us, it's compassion that we hear God's voice through one another. Um, And so over, over my history with the Lord, because we each build a history with God, it's, it's knowing how does, how does Stephen hear from God? Am I confident enough and unashamed enough just to say like, that's how God speaks to me. I need to be open to that. I need to know that when I'm with people, God will give me, I call it inspired thought. I, I'm listening to that, Lord. I, I ask the question, does it align with scripture? Does it align with the character of God? Does it produce the fruit of the spirit? I, those are my kind of filters. Mm. And if those things line up, I just step into discernment and I ask for confirmation from the body of Christ. Like, Lord, I'm, I'm hearing this. Now, will you confirm it through the body, through my team, through those around me? Yeah, man, so good. I also think practically speaking, one, one of the first things that we tell people both in our missionary pathway and just as we're sitting down with people is, you know, you're listening to God and you're also forming a team. 
who is a teammate or who are teammates that can walk with you? And this is one of the really practical reasons is that when we're discerning the, the, the things of God, the mission of God, where he's got us going, what he's got us doing, who he's got us meeting with, that it is, there's a reason why in scripture is two by two or more, right? Yeah, because yeah. there is the reality of like a condensed version of the body of Christ. Like, you know, like this concentrated, the, I'm just thinking of like, you know, the, the laundry detergent that we have now that's like, uh, I, I put less liquid, but I get to do way more. It's like, it's concentrated. It's kind of a concentrated, uh, you know, body of Christ reality of the two by two team of sent we're going to hear from God together. So that's, that's one of the big reasons why we tell people to do that. So that's, this is huge, 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 huge. As you're praying for your neighborhood or your network, you have a teammate, you spend time. Maybe you're not a bunch of, um, you know, paid staff or missionaries, you, you know, and so your hour and a half meet, I don't know what rhythms you have. Maybe you're getting together with a, a friend who has a heart for the neighborhood too. And you're gathered at, you know, six thirty in the morning before work starts same lesson applying here, like spend some time listening to God together before you maybe go out and pray. So huge. Okay. Um, Brian, were you, about, I thought you were leaning in. I thought you were about to say something, but, uh, yeah, I'll just say one thing real quick before you make the turn here is just on the flip side of, I think I heard this. Can you confirm or deny is like what, when no one else did, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And also, like if somebody's like, no, man, that's way off. Like, that's okay. Like that's it's, why it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it doesn't mean you're not going to learn or grow. It's just like, I might've missed that one. And I, I just think like the don't, don't be overwhelmed in those moments where I didn't hear or I heard incorrectly or I heard only in part, like it's all a yeah. part of the holistic learning. It's like nothing that we do that we want to be good at. Do we not have moments where we just sort of miss it a little bit? And and yeah. we just have to embrace that as part of that process and a part of the joy in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and something I would say to that too is, you know, I, I think a lot of the times we'll put gifts in different categories of like, okay, how do you grow in leadership? You use the leadership that you have, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You you take risk, you fail, you fall, you, you're around people that sharpen you. I think when it comes to things like hearing from God, we don't have the same lens. We're like, oh, you. It's either a hundred percent right or zero percent wrong. Like it's like <laughs> yeah. these extreme black and whites. But I, I think it's the same thing. It's like a muscle. You start growing and learning the texture of the the voice of God for yourself, and you have to be in a safe community to practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we were at the uh, the last global conference with with Novo, you know, four years ago, and and uh, sitting in a room with a bunch of missionaries seeking movement together, and and someone led us through just a real simple listening prayer exercise, just like that. We all, you know, it was a minute we sat still and asked that God would just give us pictures or words. And it was really, really, really amazing. That was, I don't know if it was the first time, but that is part of where that's become a real natural rhythm in my life. Uh, and is, it was so amazing. And this, oh, there's probably 20 people in the room and people start describe like this picture that God's given and just the way that it built upon itself. It was so, it was just fun. It was, I don't even know what the Lord was doing outside. Maybe just to encourage us that it's like, yeah, I'm speaking. Mm -hmm. And then it just broke out to, we're just praying over each other for like maybe two hours. I mean, it was really cool. And it was the most uh, potent time of my life where I felt like I was continuing, the Lord is continually giving me pictures to pray over people. And so for me, that's a lot of times what it is. It's, it's the simplest, it's almost like a movie reel, where it's like you see something at first and then like, 
you know, I, I, it's like active imagination. I get to like press into that picture. And then it's like when God, when it kind of comes into fruition, you can kind of describe it. And it's like, this is more than just my imagination. God is doing something. Other times it either stalls or goes weird or goes, you know, whatever. And I'm like, okay, that wasn't the Lord. That was me. Uh, you know, just, and it's, it's really encouraging. So that has become a rhythm for us. Listening prayer, unbelievably huge in, on many levels, both personal and in team. All right, now walk us through maybe some practical things of of contending prayer. We're out on mission. We're meeting people, or even just more generic, whatever wherever you want to go with this. As uh, how would you kind of equip the everyday person in contending prayer? Yeah, I would say start from the place of listening, right? So you know, I used to do this with our team. We would sit for some amount of time and we'd say, Lord. What do you want us to do as we go and step into contending prayer? Listen, where where are the kingdom assignments that he's calling you to? What are the missional spaces that he is blessing, his hand is on? Who are the people that he wants you to have conversations with? And from that place of listening, go step into contending prayer. And so I think really practically, how do you do that? I think two things come up. One is prayer walking and two, the bold question, may I pray for you? Um, you know, I, I think prayer walking, the power of prayer walking is not so much in us fighting a spiritual war as it is us having a listening ear and seeing what God is doing as we're on the move. Mm, so as I'm prayer walking, I'm looking for people to bless. I'm looking for businesses that I can say, Lord, would you pour out your blessing over that business? I, I'm looking for people on the streets that I could say this bold question. May I pray for you? Mm. Um be in that place of dependency, listening to the spirit, but also like we were saying, palms up, palms down. It's like, no, also reach out your hand. Hmm. Say, hey, I see that you have a need. Can I pray for you? That's when prayer walking becomes the most joyful, spirit-filled thing that you could ever be a part of, where the natural and the supernatural come together. It's put a face to a reality of you prayer walking. So the way that the way that I've done that, I'm just talking in a big picture is get on the streets, get on the places where you're consistently in the place of prayer, asking the Lord for breakthrough. Go to those places, be on the ground with those people and and look for the needs. You know, one of the questions I ask when I go to missional spaces is if your kingdom was fully represented here, there it is. what would that look like? What would not be present here if the kingdom of God was here right now? Well, one of the things would be there wouldn't be sickness here. One of the things is poverty would change. One of the things is people would have shared resources. Um, people's voices would be heard. The kingdom of God would come and those that are disenfranchised would actually be our leaders. Mm. So, so Lord, how do I step into that today? What's just one assignment that you're calling me to in this missional space as I'm prayer walking. That might be a blessing. That might be a converse, spiritual conversation. Um, that could even be that bold question, may I pray for you? But it's extending your hands, listening to the Lord as you're having conversation and just saying, hey, may I pray for you? Amen. Yeah, that's so good. We've actually been in the, let's see, when this is released, it's, it'll be after we were talking a lot in the underground about prayer walking. Um, and right around, probably even after the Thousand Fires movement that we're we're, yeah. we're pressing into in Kansas City, it was one of our local hub leaders just had this vision of what if we had a thousand fires throughout the city uh, to be begin to listen to God and to pray for our city. And, um, and so we're really in. This is perfect timing. 
because you know the weather's getting really nice uh probably by the time this is released it's like we're, we're in the middle of spring uh perfect time to begin to really press into even the practice of prayer walking um, and we have talked a lot about it but not enough i think in the last three years and and, and i'm excited for this season it does seem like this is great timing for us really practical if you're listening to this practice this yeah think through like just a kind of tail off of what you said Stephen. with as you walk like what do you see and again what was it two years ago we interviewed lee and he talks about like walking in this space where they felt jesus was saying go go to this space you know and like what were the things that they saw it was basketball goals without backboards and you know nets yeah. and there were a bunch of kids running around there was a swing set but no swings and he said like we could see the drugs passing between uh this one uh, apartment and another and it was like those are the things that we began to pray for so like some of them i can physically address in this moment mm-hmm. like we can bring in a team and just bless the space with our own resources like we can put up those backboards you know but there were kids everywhere so it's clear that they needed that space and it was like how can we elevate the beauty of this space because there's something that happens in us spiritually when we put ourselves in that space of like jesus show me what doesn't look like the kingdom and it's like man if there's kids running around and there's playground stuff that but no playground it's like that is kingdom stuff that we can like be a blessing to that but also it's like there were some clearly some more like systemic issues right that are like deeper that you we can't address necessarily physically but we can begin to pray that the spirit would do that warfare against um you know the whatever powers and principalities are in that space so mm-hmm. you know it's like i i just think when we do prayer walking like the one of the most important things we can do is just like take in everything what do you hear what do you smell mm-hmm. what do you see what do you feel like use your senses and and why do you smell that why do you see that why do you hear those things and then like what's behind that yeah. uh, if that makes sense yeah, and, is, and uh, Stephen, are there are there maybe some practical things as you're beginning to do a prayer walk, some things you can even pray or specific things that you can ask the Lord to help this. Cause you know, like uh, a lot, this is really new and stretching for a lot of people, but at the same time yeah. they want to see it. So it's like, just imagine you got hundreds of listeners that are like, I am ready to do this. Help me. Uh, would there be a couple tips maybe to, as they get started on prayer walking? Yeah, I mean, one, you know, I I think I was stopped in my tracks a while back when it was so spiritual that I felt like, man, this is so new. So I would say a real practical thing that I I practice is I ask my neighbors this question. I say, if Decatur was a more beautiful place, what would that look like to you? Mm -hmm. That's great. And the spirit speaks through them. It's it's really amazing. Um, I would say that's one notice notice when you're walking around in your your patches your missional spaces what where's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of god where where are those battles happening you know you might see it in graffiti you might see it in gang signs um you know you might see it in these things that are around you but like where where are the signs of the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light um the third thing i would say is like have different voices with you that are seeing different things because there's going to be different things that you're going to notice because each of you have different gifting. Um, notice the people, notice the, I, I'll tell you a quick story in uh, San Jose, California. We were, we were getting a coffee 
and uh, we were just about to start a prayer walk. And like I said, I like to be relational. And long story short, I asked the young high school barista, I was like, hey, what's like your favorite thing about your city? And like, what's one thing you want to see change? And he said, uh, my favorite thing is my friends that are in the area. And he said, the one thing I want to see change, he said, this area is known for suicide and I really want to see it change. And based on that, we actually went to the school where we were about to prayer walk and we had an assignment through that guy. And we started prayer walking based on that assignment from his heart for God to start bringing that change. So just be real practical. Don't, don't over spiritualize it. Ask the Lord, what's my assignment right now? And how can I partner with you? Even if it's super practical. Mm. Yeah. As you were uh, saying that, it made me think like, I know our kind of primary space is um, a neighborhood. When I say our, I mean my family and you know, you're talking about neighbors and it sounds like city streets that you're talking about, but for, for people that are listening, if it's like, if you're a missionary going like, you know, it's, it's my workspace. It's like, well, treat that office space. Like it's a, it's a neighborhood, right? Like the, the cubicles are little houses and the hallways in between are the streets, you know, like, what do you see? Like, where is their joy and where is their depression? Or if it's an apartment or, you know, the same deal, if it's ball fields, if it's the school hallways, right? Like, it's like, think creatively about your space that you're called to to prayer walk. It might not be like actual streets in a neighborhood because it's a different kind of missional space that you're moving in. But like, there are ways in which you can overlap those questions uh, to think through what you're seeing. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, and even I'll say this last thing, because this might be helpful is have one scripture that you're interceding and blessing people with throughout that day. So maybe God's spoken something to you personally that you need to turn into a corporate blessing or something for your city or your workplace. Bless people. You can do it verbally. You can do it in your heart, interceding for them, but bless them with that scripture. Like Mm -hmm. God is present. God wants to bring change here. Um, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and sound mind. I bless people with scripture throughout my day, and that's a part of my prayer walking. Yeah, man, so so many good things. I love the way that you speak on it, Stephen, because it's not weird. <laughs> or it's like the right kind of weird. I can't stand that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's, it's weird when Jesus says, okay, uh, raise the dead, heal the sick. Okay, that's weird, but it's like very biblical. It's not just a bunch of other weird things we throw on top. And like, if there's weirdness and and the things you're saying, it's just weird because it's it's kingdom weird. Like we do things, God gives us authority. That's that's one thing I thought of as as we've done prayer walks, and uh, it's been helpful as I've been trained in Novo circles and other ways of even understanding that God has given us a a sense of authority, a sense of being like a caretaker over a space or an area, and just like even saying as we pray, God, I just want to take authority uh, in this place as someone that you've you've called me here, you know, and so. Yeah. Praying from that posture is big. Seeing the importance of hearing from God, even in the seemingly non-dramatic ways, when you're sitting yeah. in, in with the Lord and he gave you a scripture or something, and man, so you're walking, it's like, okay, I haven't heard anything else, but I know this has been on my heart, and I'm going to bless my neighborhood or bless my area with this. I mean, those are really practical things that we don't have to get scared <laughs> about yeah. in doing it. So yeah, guys, if this, I hope this is a really practical episode. Go out, try it, grab a friend, grab your teammate. Um, and he, last thing I want to say, and, and James actually just texted me this this scripture, because at the end of, of Mark, which is si- similar to 
end of Matthew, beginning of Acts, is is the commissioning reality, right? In Mark 16. And uh, and he sent me just a screenshot right here. In these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they'll cast out demons. Mm. They'll speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and, the, and drink anything deadly. By no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. They will recover. There is also very much reality here. That prayer walking is the epitome of, of a missional action. Mm. And we are, yeah, we're, we're combating, but we're hearing from God. We're joining what he's doing. And so often this is where we discover persons of peace. We discover people who are open to the gospel through conversations, through praying for people, through God showing up. I mean, that is like one of the primary strategies we see globally. We walk, we meet people, God encounters them. And then instead of, uh, okay, we walk away. This is where we begin to, okay, press into the idea of Luke chapter 10. We're finding households of peace. So if you find them, stay with them. Don't move from house to house. Like in some ways, that is the second part. We didn't talk a ton about that. We have in other ways, but that it's also a means of finding spiritually open people and households and networks and begin to start from the ground up in disciple making. So, dude, I don't know if you want to speak on that for a second. We're uh, we're probably going to let you go here. We're, we're pressing at the end of time. But so we'll, we'll give you the last word, Stephen. Um, anything you want to summarize here at the end and or? Often we like to ask uh, guests if there's just a word from the Lord that you would speak over underground and anyone listening, uh, just like maybe God's pressing on you right now, something to pray over us. We are all ears. We are palms up from Stephen and the Lord. Um, So I'm rambling to give you a chance maybe to think and hear from the Lord. But um, I just want to affirm your rambling. It was so good. It was such good. Yeah. I'm so glad. I think think Brian's mom would really approve of you today. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. If you don't get that joke, listen to last week's podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think Corey just gave us a little nugget. And I'd say in discovery, go back and discover those passages about people of peace to put a bow on everything. When you look at the supernatural and movements, the way that people of peace always come out in scripture is through signs, wonders, and miracles. Mm. You will not see it separate. So it'll say, pray for the sick, but what happens? Families come to the Lord. Mm. They're always connected. You will not see those. The the second thing I would say is if we're going to see true movements of God, multiple generations, multiple streams happen in the West. There is no way for us to do it without the power of God and without power in prayer. Mm. And so let's not assume I'm, this is not Casey. This is us as the church of the West. Let's not assume that we can do this in our own power with our own strategy. Let's be before the Lord, ask him to break our heart for what breaks his be in the place of prayer and ask him for a new movement of power to sweep the West. I, I think we know it in our mind, but let's know it in our practice. Let's know it in our heart and let's be desperate again. And, uh, and for Casey, I just want to encourage you guys. Thank you for what you're giving to the body of Christ. Um, I can't say it. And I've told Corey, I want to tell the rest of the team, like you're changing us. You're giving us systems to know how to step into this stuff and it's blessing the body of Christ around the world. Um, so I just want to honor you guys. I want to thank you for your, your humility and what you're offering to the body. Um, I want to bless you guys today that you're not the teenager. Um, 
in the in the things of the spirit you're not the teenager you you're a child of god and if he's led you to where you are today it's because he's been sovereign in that journey Amen. and now he just has new things for you um so i just want to bless you casey underground and whoever's listening hey be radical in faith be slow to listen to the voice of god before you move and be dependent and desperate for the power of god in our missional spaces in Jesus' name. Oof. Yeah. We received that, my brother. Amen. Woo. That's so good. <laughs> Stephen, love you, man. I can't tell you how grateful we are. That's so good. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again because that was too good not to. Amen. So, all right, man. Love you. Grace love you peace. guys. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.